Welcome back to Seeking Rents, the podcast. This is going to be just a, another brief update out of the Florida Legislature's 2024 legislative session. Um, we're uh, well into day 10 already, but um, wanted to get a, do a quick recap of day nine, which was um, sort of a perfect distillation of the Tallahassee strategy. You had uh, one committee hearing an ugly, intentionally inflammatory culture war bill at the exact same time as another committee was hearing a bill that was literally written by the construction industry and could end up undercutting workers. Um, we'll, we'll start with the culture war bill. It's House Bill 901, and it's it's essentially meant to stop city halls and schools or any other government building from flying a pride flag. It's even written a way that would stop uh, public employees from wearing pride flag pins. Uh, it would do more than this, but but that's what this is really after. The, the sponsor even specifically mentioned pride flags and Black Lives Matter flags, um, the first two examples he mentioned in this bill. <laughs> in fact, he made sure to touch all the right-wing culture war erogenous zones. And in about 30 seconds, he invoked critical race theory, transgender identity, Marxism, and not just indoctrination, but subliminal indoctrination. This is basically a bill that is written by and for someone who lives in the the daily caller comment section. But of course, it ends up sucking up a whole bunch of time, attention, and emotional energy. And while it's doing that, at literally the same time, a Senate committee was passing Senate Bill 460, a bill that allows or a bill that would allow home builders to put more teenagers to work on construction sites. Um, this bill would basically allow any 16 or 17-year-old to work in residential construction, which they can't do right now unless they're part of a formal apprenticeship program or some kind of career and technical education program. I will say uh, the Senate committee that heard this yesterday actually made this bill a little bit better. So the original version uh, would have eliminated restrictions and allowed teenagers to work on roofs, uh, scaffoldings, uh, superstructures of any height, no matter how dangerous, no matter how tall. Um, that provision of the bill was removed. Um, the bill has also been narrowed to apply solely to residential construction, so not commercial construction. And that actually makes uh, total sense when you realize that this part of the bill was literally written by the Florida Home Builders Association, a lobbying group for, for giant home builders like Lennar, Pulte, and Mattamy. And, and we know that, by the way, because of reporting by McKenna Schuler at the Orlando Weekly obtained the public records that showed that. Um, Senate Bill 460 is one of uh, two big child labor bills moving this session. We've we've talked about the other one, House Bill 49, quite a bit. Um, essentially, it sure looks like uh, the Florida legislature and the big business lobby have decided this session that the solution to a tight labor market is not raising wages and providing better benefits to attract more adult workers. It's squeezing more cheap labor out of teenagers instead. Okay, let's just mention a couple of quick more bills from, from day nine. First, uh, the state house continues to move forward with a couple of bills that are a priority of the House Speaker. House Bill 1, which would essentially make it illegal for anyone under 16 to be on social media, and House Bill 3, which would require internet porn sites to engage in um, some pretty pretty aggressive age verification to make sure nobody under the age of 18 is accessing these sites. Um, both of these bills are are passing with pretty big bipartisan margins, which which makes sense when you think about the fact that, A, they're a priority of the guy who literally runs one half of the legislature and is going to have a big say on what bills pass and what projects make it into the budget. Um, but also, they're, they're very hard to oppose. You know, everyone has heard horror stories and tragedies about 
you know, the impact of social media and cyberbullying on on teens. And and obviously nobody at all wants kids watching hardcore porn. Um, but the 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 trouble is both of these bills um have some pretty significant First Amendment concerns that folks are are just sort of like waving away right now. House Bill One in particular is is you know, hard to see how on earth a bill that just blanketly prohibits social media company or social media accounts for anyone under 16, even if the parents approve, um, is going to survive a constitutional challenge. And, you know, and because of that, it's actually drawn more pushback because these these First Amendment flaws are so obvious here. Um, but one thing we haven't seen yet, and, and honestly, maybe we won't, is any sort of substantive discussion on House Bill 3 on the potential impacts on sex workers. Listen, as much as none of us want kids watching porn, it often feels like bills like this aren't really so much about protecting kids as they are just attempting to shut down sort of the sex worker industry, the porn industry. And, and the problem with that is you end up just pushing sex workers who are like some of the most vulnerable people in society. You end up just pushing them further into the margins and making their lives harder and more dangerous. Um, I am not going to pretend to know this issue super well, but, you know, I'd like to at least see some sign that lawmakers are thinking about some of those kinds of consequences uh, with this legislation, or even just some sort of empathy or, or indication of concern for for sex workers too. Um, it it's pretty clear that it's pretty clear though that these bills are going to pass. The only real question is probably if and how many loopholes get into them before they do. Um, and let me just do one last bill here um, today: Senate Bill Eight Twenty, which went through a Senate committee yesterday. That would essentially create tax breaks for companies that provide child care to their employees or, or subsidies to help their employees uh, pay for child care. Look, th this bill is not bad. Child care is obviously an enormous problem uh, and expense for workers, particularly folks in low and middle income households. And so anything we can do uh, to help expand the availability and affordability of child care is, is absolutely worth doing. The, the problem with the tax break approach like this is it probably is not going to do anything to increase expansion. We see this time and time again with the with tax breaks that the legislature passes. They end up just rewarding businesses that for things they're already doing, not actually incentivizing or, or spurring new behavior. You know, I, I referenced Disney a lot partly because I covered the company for a long time for the Orlando Sentinel. So I, I, I know a little bit about them, about their business. Disney, you know, a number of years ago created um, childcare facilities for its employees to use, right? It's doing that. It's great. I'm glad they're doing it. Disney's probably going to end up pocketing a million dollars a year under this bill. I would I would imagine there's it would make no sense not to take this money. Um, if we're going to do this kind of approach, at least we should make sure that there is some serious substantive follow-up to, to see just what impact these incentives and these tax breaks actually have. Like, let's let's... Put a provision into this bill and see two years, three years after it passes, how much has child care access expanded in Florida? How many businesses taking these tax credits are providing child care benefits that they were not providing before? Because the, the thing about a bill like this is that it is not totally harmless either. You know, as we talked about, child care is an is a huge issue for so many families. And there's lots of ways we could truly address it, right? We could we could pass uh bigger policies that provide direct support to families to pay for childcare, or we could expand public childcare options to folks. Um, 
But when you pass a bill like this, a, a tax break for companies that that provide childcare, you end up easing pressure to pass any kind of larger solutions. Lawmakers are, can essentially say to themselves, no, we, we already addressed that issue. We don't have to do anything more. It it kind of reminds me of a bill that passed last year that um, that essentially allowed insurance companies to begin selling family leave insurance. And it's basically policies that uh, companies can get and then offer employers access to that 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 provide a type of insurance that can be tapped to pay for for you know medical emergencies or if you need to care for a family member if you need extended sort of post-pregnancy care that sort of thing you know there's nothing inherently wrong with with that I suppose uh, other than the fact that like every study I'd read about it last year showed that it was having no impact on actually increasing the availability of even family leave insurance but the the problem with it is that you know we should be passing laws like other places and countries that actually ensure extended paid family medical family and medical leave for workers right um, but when you do this kind of voluntary option this kind of like optional family leave approach you you undercut any pressure or or momentum for like an option for a truly meaningful solution like requiring and guaranteeing uh, family medical leave for all workers. So that's 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 kind of my concern with this this child care bill, this child care tax break. But um, it comes from the Florida Chamber. It is, you know, probably pretty safe to say the legislature is not going to do universal child care anytime soon. So I suppose uh, I suppose there are there are worse things in the world that we could do than than reward a few companies that are at least helping their employees with child care. Um, okay, we'll leave it there for uh, for now. We'll probably be back with another update after uh, day 10. Um, uh, as always, if you haven't already, please consider signing up for the newsletter. Easiest way to find us is seekingrentsfl.com. Uh, none, none of our stories are behind paywalls. We don't charge for subscriptions. There is an option to uh, to pay for a subscription if you can afford it. Um, please do if, it, if it's something that's uh, that's within reach. Those those voluntary paid subscriptions are really important to helping us cover reporting expenses. Um, thanks again for listening. Talk to you soon.